What's up, everybody? Welcome back to A Serving of Wisdom. My name is Rob, and I'm here with my co-host, Adelie, and this is episode four. Um, Today, we're going to focus on fats. Uh, We're kind of wrapping up our uh, macronutrient section here. We touched on carbs and protein in the last few episodes, Um, so hit that up to know where we're coming from uh, on this episode. Um, Fat's kind of one of the most important I think, or maybe the most important of the three, but uh, we'll kind of see where everyone stands at the end of this. Um, to kind of kick things off, fat is most most likely associated uh, with like people being unhealthy. You know, folks think that eating fat makes you fat, and there's a lot of products that are low fat, and you know, people swear by them or change their diets and think that they're being healthy by eating certain fats. And I don't know, there's just a lot of confusion around that, and um, there's kind of one central figure in the, kind of the origins of that confusion. So in the beginning here, we would like to spend some time um, bringing you guys up, up up to speed and introducing you to um, a man by the name of Ansel Keys. Yeah, I feel like Ansel Keys is the man that we can kind of blame for getting this whole anti-fat thing rolling. So he came around in the 1950s. And during the 1950s, this was a time when people started to first develop heart disease and nobody knew what it was. This was something that people hadn't experienced before in the past, and so people were getting having heart attacks or heart issues, and they didn't know why this was. So Ansel Keys came along, and he proposed this idea that fat was the cause of it, especially saturated fat. And so he did these studies where he went to different countries and surveyed what people ate, and then he came up with this big presentation to the American Heart Association about what his findings found. And the problem here was that he kind of handpicked countries that fit his hypothesis, which we know is not an accurate way to do any kind of scientific research, but that's what he did. And so he picked seven countries that matched this hypothesis and ignored the ones that did not. So if we look at all the countries he surveyed, the, there's no correlation between saturated fat consumption and heart disease. But if you look at only the seven he picked, then there is. And the problem also was that the countries he surveyed those sevens that he picked, it isn't even very accurate either because some of them were at a time when they just was right after World War II and so they didn't have very much money or food and so they weren't eating a lot of animal products at the time just because they didn't have access to them. But when they were growing up, they ate a diet rich in animal fats and animal products and so that contributed to their health. Right. So it, it, like a, a, study fa- a study founded and based on participants selected to already match the hypothesis, you know, that, that kind of study can't have any major lasting impact on history, right? Right. Well, you, you'd, think, you'd think that that, that would be the way, uh, but as with um, a lot of different things in science, I guess I'm slowly finding out, um, this horrible study has been referenced um, over a million times. Uh, so there's just leagues of scientists and um, folks living their lives and that, uh, I guess, cite this and use it to, uh, um, you know, make their nutritional decisions. And it's, it, it's pretty clearly um, incorrect. You know, it was done poorly as far as the, um, the variables, as far as what's controlled. Um, and we kind of talked about in the last episode, I think, maybe two episodes ago about how hard it is to control nutritional studies and things like that Mm -hmm. so especially for him to come out of this with like a kind of a sweeping generalization right and then the scary thing was that so then once he proposed this idea 
these big uh, industries kind of latched onto it. So like the American Heart Association and the Nas National Institute of Health all adopted this framework as like the nutritional rules for them that like saturated fat was bad. And then once that happened, there was like government policies that were made and like the right. way foods are labeled in the grocery store. Like for example, like low or skim milk can say like a good source of calcium, but whole milk cannot because it's considered an unhealthy food because of its saturated fat content. So just like the way all of our products are marketed now is kind of based on this. Right. So as soon as the FDA got their hands on it, now things are have been labeled and there's there's red tape, I guess, keeping things the way there are. Uh, but that's why there's this kind of, I guess, I don't know if it's on the fringes anymore or it's just kind of a lesser known nutritional movement, you know, that uh, I think we're kind of... Uh, preaching about here, uh, you know, kind of going against what Ansel Keys was saying and trying to uh, find the way in the storm now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and so then once he he claimed saturated fat as this evil, then these like food industries that were producing food cut that out of all the products they made. So like crackers and things like that originally actually were made with lard, or like McDonald's French fries were fried in lard, which is actually a better alternative to what they're using now because once they cut out saturated fat, they replaced it with trans fats, which we mentioned in a past episode, but or like hydrogenated oils, which are oils that have uh, hydrogen added to it to make them more stable, but it actually damages the fats and makes them really right. toxic for our body. So they got rid of saturated fat, which is a healthy and good fat, which we'll get into later, and replaced it with an even worse fat. And then they've also replaced it with other things like using um, polyunsaturated fats that are heated at high temperatures for frying, which are really damaging and really destructive. So it's just like to try to remedy the problem of heart disease, they actually made Mer Americans consume even worse oils. And by like villainizing saturated fats, it just created this monster of yeah. what we know about fat and what we think we know about fat. Yeah, like if you imagine this, all the nutrition that we're trying to explain as like a fictional world, Ansel Keys is like the like the old evil, like the ancient <laughs> evil that has just like existed since the dawn of time that like a lot of people don't understand or that they don't look into, but they still reference. And... Right, and then anytime anyone tries to go against him and like propose a different idea or try to do other research on fat, there are these other, like Ansel Keys is like sidekicks, like yeah. these big <laughs> industries that like shut it down. Like they're scientists. He's got, he's got like a secret council, you yeah. know, kind of. It like sounds things. like a crazy fiction story, but it's reality. It's a little <laughs> scary. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's, you know, he might as well call him like Ansel Cancer Keys <laughs> because he really, he really contributed to, um, a lot of the horrible inflammatory, um, and metabolic diseases that folks have been suffering from the last several decades. And I mean, who knows how much longer that the trickle-down effects of that will be, I mean, forever, obviously, right. after learning about those cats. Yeah, and now there's, there's even something called the Institute for Shortening and Edible Oils. That's like a, a government sector. Like, to that make scary? more bad artificial yeah. oils. And well, like, they villainize like saturated fats, and they villainize palm oil, and part of the reason of that was because it was not a U.S. product, so uh, they wanted to like keep, some keep it in the U.S., thing. and then it's like these big oil, or these big industries that are processing oil, like corn oil and soybean oil, which are not hmm. the healthiest alternatives. So. Right. Well, um, let's kind of explain a little bit why the fat is is healthier, I guess. Um, right. You know, started with, uh, you know, kind of like Ansel Keys used ancestral populations to prove his point. Uh, we're going to start in the same spot as most nutritional scientists and 
folks that talk about nutrition do. There were tons of ancestral populations that ate um, so much fat with Eskimos on uh, whale blubber um, and things like that. Um, and you know, their heart conditions and metabolic syndromes are recorded at you know record low rates or you know some of the lowest uh, the lowest that we see across the spectrum. Um, uh, so you know, seeing that such a such an increase in fat consumption and, and how it decreased their their heart issues and increase their their life, you know, it's a definitely uh, a positive thing towards mm -hmm. our hypothesis here. Right, and so like as I mentioned in the beginning, that the heart disease rates were increasing, so that's why they were trying to find the the cause of it. But those heart disease rates have not decreased even though now Americans are consuming less saturated fat. So I feel like that alone should just prove the fact that that wasn't the answer. Right. And then, you know, since and since the 50s, um, you know, a ton of nutritional science has been done. And, you know, we found that healthy fats, uh, saturated fats especially, are necessary for, um, you know, for the human body, you know, cells, hormones, energy. Um, you, you, have, you run into some serious nutritional issues without... Um, without the proper levels and types of fats uh, coursing through your system. Right, and also like products that are labeled as fat-free often have are laced with other things that are not so good for you, like hidden carbohydrates or hidden sugars and things like that. So even right. though you're eliminating the fat, which people think is a healthy thing, they're getting, it's like a double whammy of, they're not getting the fat, which contributes to you know healthy cells and healthy hormones and energy and all things like that, but then they're also getting the carbohydrates along with it and they're thinking that they're doing something um, positive or you know taking their nutrition in the right direction when actually they're well, you know just taking it further into the dark or you know further off the path right and just depriving themselves of good tasty food you know yeah, like <laughs> honestly some saturated fat foods are are really really good uh, we've definitely sp spoken about our, our love for bacon <laughs> and, you know, steak and avocados and all the, uh, all that kind of thing. Um, what are some other fatty, fatty foodstuffs? Mm, like cheese and nuts and, yeah, avocados are a big one, meat. Yeah, things like, I mean, and all the animal fats, butter, I mean. Yeah, butter and uh, cooking with, like, duck fat definitely makes things taste better. You can, you can tell that you're using something tasty there. But, um... I guess the one common complaint, or maybe if you know a little bit about nutrition now, you're probably wondering about, you know, the cholesterol or, you know, what about the bad cholesterol that comes with those fats? Right, well, yeah, fats and cholesterol is kind of just like go, go hand in hand. Like people assume like that, or that it's all bad for you and they immediately think of when they think of red meat and they think of eggs and they think of butter, they think of cholesterol. And so, like, that was the reason why saturated fat originally was seen as such a bad thing, was because saturated fat uh, increases your cholesterol as well. But we, they, and so Ansel Keys, in a study, he was just looking at, like, the total serum cholesterol. That was, like, total cholesterol in your blood. And he wasn't taking into account that there's the HDL cholesterol and the LDL cholesterol. And so HDL is typically considered, like, the good cholesterol, and LDL is considered the bad cholesterol. But we're also learning now that there's actually two different kinds of LDL. There's like a light and fluffy one, which is associated with saturated fat, and there's also like a more dense one, and that's the one that's associated with not as healthy fats. And cholesterol in itself isn't a bad thing. Like it's often blamed because of when people have heart disease or plaque in their arteries, it's like a buildup of cholesterol, but your body is actually just trying to heal 
there's like if there's inflammation in your veins or an injury in your vein, it sends cholesterol to try to patch that, to try to repair it. But when there's just this consistent inflammation going on in our blood vessels, it just keeps inflaming and keeps healing and creates this blockage. So we blame the cholesterol when it's actually just trying to help you and trying to save you. Right. And, and I feel like part of the reason why there's so much fear or even knowledge about cholesterol in the general public is just that uh, it's easier for people to just ex- to just be told that like one variable or one stat of their health is out of order um, and that's why they're unhealthy rather than try to wrap their minds around the complexities of nutrition uh, right, like we're trying to you. unfold mm-hmm. and show you. So it's kind of a downside of people doing that for decades and just kind of assuming, well, my cholesterol is bad and that that's going to alter their health or that, that even matters uh, when really uh, there's so much more and there's more, you know, every week as we learn more, more things. Yeah, and another thing about cholesterol I'm going to add that I learned recently was how important it is for like your stress response. And so like your hormones are created out of cholesterol. And so if you're always in like a constant stress state, it uses up all that cholesterol to form your stress hormones and then it takes away from other normal body processes and like your normal hormones that need to be created. So like it's that's why it's really important especially in times of stress that you are consuming adequate adequate cholesterol otherwise your body's going to be hurting and really lacking in its ability to heal and repair itself and all the other things that go with it right yeah it just uh, it really contributes to all this anti-inflammatory uh all these anti-inflammatory steps we've been taking as far as our diet and and lifestyles um but uh, another reason why uh, i guess fat is demonized or um, not looked to as something, I guess, in air quotes, healthy, is that it's it's called fat. Just the, the unfortunate fact that what we consider fats in nutrition uh, has the same name of, like, a, you know, fat, like fat on the human body. Uh, I mean, it, it should technically be called something else. It's just kind of, it's got some, like, uh, some heavy, like, some weight to it, right? Right. Oh, good pun there. Right? Hey. <laughs> It's yeah. definitely got some weight to it, and uh, that that's like shouldn't be there. Or you should think of fats as like a healthy thing um, for your body, um, not not something bad. Because so you're saying we should start calling the fat we eat something different, it's, or it's start not calling fats. the fat it's, in our body something it's, different. It's, I don't know. Maybe we need to invent healthy. a new term. <laughs> it's fins. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. know what. Yeah, but that's just a very important thing that people need to understand. Because that if you eat something fatty, it does not immediately just add to the fat on your thighs or your stomach yeah. or whatever like that. It, and like a... the major take-home point is just that it's the sugar and carbs. Um, it's the high amount of sugar and carbs in people's diets that make that makes them fat. So if, you know, if it's if you're struggling to make any changes or if it's hard to know what to do first, it's cutting out the sugar and carbs is the is one of the greatest steps and also the first that you can do. Right, because like our bodies are designed to run on fat. Like the way it was described to me once was that like fat is like the, if you think of a fireplace or a bonfire or something, fat are like the logs that keep it going and keep it sustaining this fire and this heat. And like the carbohydrates are like your quick, like the kindling that you put on it to like get the fire started, but they're not supposed to maintain the fire. So like glucose is like a way to get quick energy, like a quick, like sprint away from something, but your fat should be like your, your long-term energy. And like, that's the way our bodies are originally designed is to, to burn fat. And so if you're constantly consuming too much sugar, too much refined carbohydrates that spike your blood sugar, you're going to have like this constant stream of insulin going through your blood, which is trying to lower that. 
And what insulin also does, it tells your cells that like you need to take glucose into the cells and it says just like store fat. Like right now we have sugar that we need to burn, store fat. So if your insulin levels are always high, your body's always going to be told store fat, store fat, store fat, and you're never going to be able to burn it because you're always being told to store it. So when that happens, your body like switches over to only being able to burn sugar and you can't use your fat as your energy source. So in that case, you know, eating that high sugar, high carb diet, fats, do, can't, like they do actually make you fat. Right, you are because you're unable to burn them. You're not eating like in the right combination. Right. So like it doesn't really matter. I mean, or, or I guess what I'm trying to say is that it matters more like from a big picture, like at a very like meta level of everything that you're eating. Um, you know, you it's easy to make changes uh, at a small level, but you need to consider kind of the big picture. And, you know, on, in that picture, uh, fats should be eaten, um, you know, to a, to a pretty high level or, you know, as a majority of your diet, even we, we'll talk about macros and things like that down the road. Um, and sugars and carbs should be cut out, and uh, it's it's too bad that there's kind of this like low fat um, like culture or um, that society kind of got on that vibe. Right, because it's just it's really messing up people's health and everything about it. Like, and it's just hard for that knowledge to trickle down, and it's hard to like change people's thoughts right. if they're if they don't really care already. It's just kind of this nugget of knowledge that they've had, and it's like well, and they just assume it's normal. Like I feel like. If, so if you're a sugar-burning person, then like you eat your breakfast of your high carbs and everything like that, and then a couple later, hours later, you need something else to eat, and people think that's normal, like a normal right. like mid-morning, you need a soda, or you need a coffee, or you need some Fruit. snack or to like give you energy, and it's yeah. like the way like the kind of breakfast I eat, I can like go all morning and not even real like I don't not even ready for lunch because I don't even realize like I'm so full of just like the fats and proteins that just like keep you sustained. Yeah, there's definitely a, really a different time. kind of satiation that's, uh, that you have there. Right. Um, but there's a few, I guess we, we can go into a little more detail here about kind of uh, why fat's good. I mean, we keep, we're already, um, we've definitely put it fat on a pedestal uh, <laughs> here at A Serving of Wisdom. I think it kind of deserves to be on one. Um, so uh, kind of some other uh, aspects of the human body that it that it affects are... You know, providing that like long-term, slow-burning energy, like the logs of a fire, like Adelie mentioned, um, fats are are actually the um, some of the like building matter for cell membranes and hormones. So like, new cells in your body kind of they need that fat to um, to, to metabolize and and uh, reproduce. Uh, fat aids in the absorption of certain uh, fat-soluble vitamins. So we'll talk about micronutrients down the road here but essentially there's water soluble and fat soluble vitamins and the fat soluble ones are pretty damn important nutritionally speaking yeah, we got a d e and k and without fat in your diet or the proper amounts of fat and types uh, these vitamins in your food will kind of go unused um, and could lead to deficiencies and and all that jazz um, fats also contribute to the uh, to proteins breaking down and to your body being able to properly use the proteins that you um, that you feed it. And uh, it's uh, what else does fat do? It's serving. Um, let's see, fat helps uh, line all the organs of your body and protect them from different inflammatory things and uh, and issues that can occur. It kind of acts as a safety barrier for them. Yeah, and it also so like. If you eat a, a fat along with a, like a carbohydrate, it slows it down so it doesn't spike your blood sugar as quickly. So it kind of slows down 
uh, the absorption of food and it helps just like keep you feeling full longer and so you don't need to have these constant snacks and everything all the time right so you're feeling full longer and then it also fats also going to contribute to um, creating healthy bile to aid in with digestion so you're actually getting more out of your food and feeling better while you're eating it and it's you know it's not causing any uh, side effects to your body like leaky gut syndrome right. and also that contributes in our in inflammation and our anti-inflammation response and so both of those are actually necessary like your body needs to inflame itself to heal and then it also needs to anti-inflame itself the problem is like so certain oils are associated with inflammation and certain ones are so associated with anti-inflammation and a lot of those oils like the industrial oils are high in omega-6 which is associated with inflammation which is why a lot of people have problems with that and so, but a healthy balance of fats and a healthy balance of the, especially the omega-3, the anti-inflammatory ones, help our body with the healing process. Right. So it, the benefits are like uh, across the board as far as the spheres of your life that, um, you know, proper and, um, and good amounts of fat can change or can benefit. We'll go into a little bit of technical stuff here I suppose and talk about the types of fat because um, one thing that makes fats so confusing to people coming into nutritional awareness is um, things like saturated monosaturated poly unsaturated there's there's a lot of words and a lot of jargon that um, we need to kind of iron out so everyone's everyone's on the same page of and it's it's not too bad once you once you kind of see what what the distinctions are and kind of understand what a fat is um, technically, fats are um, lipids. That's the uh, chemi chemical name um, for a fat. Um, lipids are composed of triglycerides that are three fatty acids and a glycerol molecule. Glycerol, maybe? I don't know how they say it. Um, but anyways, that, those make up a chain, basically, and then... When, when you hear saturated, monosaturated, that's just kind of talking about the length and the degree of saturation of the of the chain of carbon atoms on the lipid, on the fat itself. Right, so it's a, this fat molecule is like a chain of atoms, and if it's saturated, it means that all of those bonds are fully like connected with hydrogen. They're fully right, and saturated. That, and the hydrogen cold. bonds, if you guys remember your chemistry 101 classes, the hydrogen bonds like the strongest, so it's a, it's a stable... Uh, stable uh, kind of fat or a right. stable kind of molecule. So that's why like the saturated fats are things like uh, animal fats or coconut oil, things like that that are at room temperature are solid. Yeah, this, this is the good stuff. This is These are the things that we've been talking about in the first 20 minutes or so of this. <clears throat> so those are the saturated fats and um, because of that stability of the hydrogen bond on them, they don't go rancid, uh, which is what you consider a fat or an oil that has started to uh, uh, to change. It's losing those hydrogen bonds um, on its tail there. So the first type of that is monosaturated and that has one available bond that hasn't been filled and it's it's relatively stable. It's kind of like the middleman between saturated and polyunsaturated. Um, and, and some examples of that would be uh, many kind of nuts. Um, avocados have a good amount of it. Olive oil, almonds, those kinds of things. Um, these are decent for you. Um, you know, 
but you want to be careful about how you're consuming them um, because they have a potential they have more potential for going rancid or being unstable right than like those kind saturated of fats those kind of oils you need to make sure that they stay in a cool place well, or that they're, they're properly a, sourced in, right that kind of thing and like how they're processed really has plays a big role into it too because it's it's if they're heated to extract the oil then that that is damaging the oil and like or if they're exposed to light things like that so you really need to know the source of where your oil is coming from right and especially those things relate to the polyunsaturated fats. So those are the ones with more than one unfilled bond. Polyunsaturated so, fats would be like the evil magic that Ansel Keys uses in the, <laughs> in the fictional world that we're building. All right, okay. And so these are, they should never be heated. So they're very fragile because they have more than one bond that's not paired up. That means that if they're heated, then those cause problems and they'll go rancid easily and they're oxidized. And so if... You consume an oil that's been damaged or that it's been oxidized. What happens is it turns into a free radical, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, but maybe don't quite understand what it is. So that's an atom that's missing an electron, and so then it's like searching for a pair in your body, and so it will latch onto a cell and cause a problem with that cell. So that could be like the start of a cancerous uh, mutation, or it can cause cell death. And so basically, right. you're, if you're consuming an oil that's damaged it causes damages to your cells because that oil, that free radical from the oil just like latches on and causes yeah, damage. Yeah, I think this is like maybe one of the most important points of, of, of the podcast so far, talking about the free radicals. When we're saying that saturated fat's so stable, or you know that, say that it won't go rancid, um, that's what we mean by rancid is that um, it's, it, it becomes oxidized and it starts to, um, to bond to those things in your body. So not sourcing your food or not knowing what it's cooked in or just, you know, saying YOLO and eating it like I've seen a majority of the population do uh, has pretty far reaching repercussions on your health and, and your children. And I mean, everything it's it affects a lot, a lot in your body, uh, especially when it's affecting things like, you know, replicating your cells um, because it's little errors in cell replication and genetic things like that that cause um, serious issues down the road like cancer and all that jazz. Right, so that's why it's really important that those, those polyunsaturated oils are, are healthy for you and good for you if they right. are the correct so ones. So some examples of the proper polyunsaturated oils would be what? So like, uh, like, a, like a fish oil or a walnut oil or things like that that are but they should never be heated or like, so it's any kind of a seed oil basically. Right. And the problem is most of them are processed industrially. So I think it's really tricky to try to find yeah, one so that the, is a good one for you. So the bottle in the store, you know, can say the right thing, but if, if it's not prepared the right way, then what they're selling you is dangerous. Right. Like if you picture, you know, your standard supermarket that has this, whole shelf of those clear bottles of you know the yellow oil and you know corn oil soybean oil yeah. sunflower oil canola oil all of those so many different varieties and they all usually say like heart healthy and whatnot on them but like i would say the, the majority of those are well first of all if they're in a bottle that is clear they're getting exposed to light and light damages those oils and if they're processed like if they're if they're cheap they're very likely processed quickly to get as much oil out as quickly as possible, and then that oil is damaged and unhealthy for you. So pretty much all of those industrial oils, you should just pass up. Yeah, keep them at a distance, especially because I feel like 
growing up at least and seeing different homes and like it seems like people always keep like that jug of oil around mm-hmm. for like a long time yeah. and it's near the oven getting like right. warm warm and cool and like it's just a it's horrible for you um so yes probably unsaturated fats are the worst monosaturated fats are kind of in the middle and saturated fats are your best friend um, all the fats are still good and you need all of them um, your body actually needs to balance between um, and now we're gonna get into two other things I feel like that are talked about a lot but there's not a lot of like distinction or folks maybe really don't know is that between omega-3 which are anti-inflammatory fats and omega-6 which are inflammatory fatty acids um, and your body needs to balance both of those and one of the best ways to do that is to um, you know, balance your polyunsaturated, monosaturated, saturated fats, because those have different levels of omega-3s and omega-6s. Um, the common American diet is um, just way too high in omega-6. That is kind of the, um, the general consensus, and at least as far as how regular people are eating. And that, that um, ratio of, you know, more omega-6 to omega-3 causes a chronic state of inflammation and you know contributes to everything else it just throws its hat in the ring with all the other things that we've been talking about um that can go awry in your body um yeah and then even even worse than damaged polyunsaturated fat is probably the hydrogenated fats oh right and so like there's the oils you should definitely avoid, which are like canola oil, soy oil, cottonseed oil. Those are the proper villains. And then, saturated fats somewhere in neutral. <laughs> and then your hydrogenated fats, which yeah. are just just bad. There's no no redeeming those. Like they were originally made to like keep keep polyunsaturated fats stable, which polyunsaturated fats are liquid. But if you pump them full of hydrogen, they're bonds that are filled with hydrogen and it's solid. Right. But it's not the natural way they're formed and, and so they're just and that process only came around really because we were trying to feed all the troops like in world war ii right. uh with foods that would last longer you know and the companies decided like hey this makes the food last longer and it's che- it's cheaper uh let's keep doing it and now you know decades later everyone's still eating it uh it's horrible so these are things like uh canola oil soy cotton seed oil like fried fats things like that you just want to i mean you want to cross these off your list entirely they're not, not good for you. And right. unfortunately, uh, I guess this kind of leads into our uh, rant of the episode. Is uh, Unfortunately, these hydrogenated fats and these just awful oxidized fats are in everything. They are, they have, I guess, saturated, for lack of a better <laughs> word, the, the, the market. Like all groceries, I mean, you just, if you walk down a regular grocery store, like a Cub Foods or King Supers or something, um, most products you pick up are going to have some of this hydrogenated oil in it. Um, right. Like all your, all your processed baked goods or, you know, snack foods or your chips, your anything like that. It is hard to find any, like hard to find anything that's cooked in a healthy fat, like canola oil or animal fats. Yeah. Like, so that would be like all salad dressings. I'm guessing if you've got a salad dressing that you're feeling is healthy on the back, it's yeah, going to say something again. about canola or soy oil. Even I think is sunflower seed oil. Yeah. Isn't that one? Like so everyone one right too. now go to your fridge, check your salad dressing. Yeah. If you see any of those things listed, anything but I would say olive oil, you're, just throw it out right now. I mean, eating these things, it's not like or when it comes to nutrition, I guess you can try to understand all of the complexities 
Um, but in the end, you just need to come away with some take-home points, I think, to really take action and try some changes in your life. And, like, this is one that's easily done. Right. Like, this is there's no really gray area in this one. It's, like, with certain things with nutrition, like, certain foods work better for other people or certain levels of proteins and fats, things yeah. like that. But this one is just... A straight line these fats are bad for you mm -hmm. they're toxic to your body they interfere with like the normal healthy roles of the fats in your body because they and they uh jeopardize like the health of your cells like would you build a house out of crumbling bricks yeah. no that's they, what you're doing when you're consuming these like toxic terrible fats right i mean so restaurants everywhere i'm i most likely they're cooking with fats like this uh any kind of fast food is going to be just right, full of this kind of fats any kind of any kind, of, any kind of like mass-consumed processed food, it needs this kind of fat to stay uh, appetizing-looking. I guess it needs it needs to stay pretty, so they can keep it on the shelf, and and it needs to stay cheap, so they can mass-produce yeah. it and sell well, it. Well, and like everyone. originally, these snack foods were made with lard, but then once Angela Keys came along and changed that all, they they no longer were. So I'm not saying that like you know, these snack foods would have been a good alternative, but they were better in the past. Like now, you pretty much can write off all of those things. Like they're... Yeah, I mean, if you want to think about it this way, like a point to strive towards would be like not buying anything made. Because right. odds are like the more, like the, the more processing done to the food or like the closer it is to some kind of finished dish, the higher the likelihood is that, or the higher the chances are that it, it's been introduced to these kinds of fats or treated poorly in the processing. Well, and you just don't, you don't know. Like if you're consuming something that has, you know, canola oil in it or cotton oil or soybean oil or anything like that, like you don't know what, how it was prepared. Like, like, or these restaurants that use uh, these seed oils to fry their foods. Like mm -hmm. you don't know how many times that oil has been heated over and over and how rancid it is. Like you're, you're eliminating that part of your control over your diet. So right. like if you're cooking your own food, and you're buying good source quality oil, like you know it is healthy and good for you. And if you're cooking your own food and not using good source quality oil, um, you're you're you're, <laughs> you're ruining your food. You're you need to get a full picture there, I guess, because it's kind of like marinating it in badness before right. you eat it. It's like there are plenty of good alternatives. Like you can use. There's so many different animal fats. Yeah, we you mentioned can use duck lard is in. one that I've, I've been cooking with a lot. Um, there's like bacon fat you can use and right, butter and ghee and beef tallow and lard and chicken fat like, like all there's there's so many like there's and, the, any fat of any animal right you can use. and i mean then you want to you want to remember though you want these animals to be properly raised and right. sourced so, ah yes so like <laughs> everything is connected nutritionally speaking you know that you can't really talk too much about one thing without making assumptions that other stuff is included. So, you know, all this stuff we're talking about with fats that comes from animals and things like that, you know, those animals uh, need to be properly sourced and preferably grass-fed, you know. Um, yeah, I guess I was just assuming when you were saying it that that's what we meant, but we need to make sure that that's clear. Like, yeah. don't consume an animal product unless it is a healthy raised animal. Right. Otherwise, it's defeating the purpose, and, and it's more nutritionally benefiting to you. So. Right, it makes it... And I mean, that, and those kinds of things make it hard to eat healthy. Like, and that's kind of like the fact that these fats are everywhere. It's damn hard. You can't really eat anywhere, you know, that like in public, like any kind of festival or like event or something where right. people's, everyone's eating and waiting in line, getting their food stuffs. Like odds are that pizza's awful. Right. Those corn dogs are 
are full of hydrogenated fats. French fries like, yeah. or donuts, anything. Like it's it's unfortunate that our culture is based around shitty foods that ruin mm-hmm. your health, and they prevent you from living your life um, longer and healthier. Uh, so I, I feel like once you know this, though, like I feel like those those foods no longer even seem appealing. It loses to me. their appeal, yeah. yeah. And maybe like the even the like events and activities f- around those kinds of foods are just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. And start to seem less, uh, less crucial, less important. Right, because if you think of it just as like a festival of eating something that's ruining your body, like that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, you know, like if you look at a typical food truck fair or something like that, or fair food in general, it's just, Ugh. it's just so bad. And I mean, you know, people that are, that just want to be all stubborn and they think it's funny to just be like, well, I love my food and yeah. I love my candy or you know, I love my whatever. Like, that's fine. There's odds are there's probably a healthy alternative to that, or a, a reasonably healthy way to make that and to like still have some kind of comfort food or whatever you dig. Um, but some kind of awareness needs to be applied to uh, your daily life, I guess, and what you're eating. Right. Yeah. Once you have the knowledge of what is good for you, what is not so good for you, and once you start experimenting with recipes and trying things and making them yourself or trying these different animal fats, like it really gets to be fun and delicious and like it's a a great way to to know exactly what you're putting in your body yeah definitely and um and it's not like too late to make any changes you know it's just the time to plant a tree is now or however that quote goes um you know don't feel like you've wasted time or you've been eating bad for so long just change it now right repair can happen now that you're hearing people tell you a way or uh you know some information uh look into it and you know take action on that and uh, you know, turn that into wisdom. That's the whole point of the of the show, I guess, and kind of what we're trying to get across. In that, um, knowing some things, uh, you can uh, live a better life and you know a longer one, I guess. And nutrition is kind of that. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of that information that piece. was that was kept from us because of that original original study on why saturated fat was bad. Like that just totally shut off a whole like. Vein yeah. of re- like imagine the amount of research and knowledge we could have on this if they would have pursued other alternatives, but they didn't. Right. They just found that, one and that was it. People that assume like, oh well, it can't be that bad for me because I can still buy it and it's mm-hmm. still everywhere, so it it must not be that bad. Well, you have to understand that the the system that we're in like evolved from like a lie, a nutritional lie, mm-hmm. or you know, it's so it's like it built on that over years and years, and now maybe it does sound valid, and yeah, there is kind of this like societal opinion that fat is bad or that fat makes you fat but um you got to go against the grain there (laughs) yeah you got those big i don't know what villain role they would play but like those big industries that they're not they're not looking out for you they don't care they just want to sell a cheap product yeah and make the most money possible like it's and i don't know i feel like maybe people are getting out of that kind of like mode where everyone's so susceptible to marketing and like and that kind of thing but then i walk through like a walmart or something and it's just like oh i mean it's a it's still rampant so yeah. and I then mean, the I, like the little the the oils that you should be consuming are more often like the little farmers so like the small grass-fed farmers like they can't stand a chance against these big villains so yeah it's it's yeah. tough but hopefully with this knowledge we can make some change or people right. at least so be to, more aware to find like good fats you want to like go some somewhere local if you can to like a co-op or maybe in some farmers markets could sell that kind of fat you can make the fats yourself if you have um 
like properly sourced meats uh, or you can find something like Whole Foods or natural grocers, Trader Joe's, like those kinds of things. They sell uh, like duck fat and, and all those kinds of things in jars like ready to use. Um, there's also Thrive Market um, who has who can sell like ghee and some other versions of fat as well. So there's there's options even if a grocery store is not in your part of the or the states or of the world. Yeah, or see if you could find a local farmer or a local farmers market. I mean, it, it may take a little yeah. bit of work, but it will definitely be like be the worth benefits it. to your health are worth the legwork to 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 eat properly. Yeah, you know? definitely. And I mean, maybe it's hard to understand that now, but. You know, as unfortunate as it is, like people get older and they get sick and life happens and someday you'll have the moment to, to think, I suppose, uh, about the decisions that you made, right? And I think like nutrition is one that would be shitty to look back on and be like, oh, I knew mm -hmm. the right thing and then having to deal with something. It. Yeah. yeah, It just seems kind of like a, an obvious thing, I guess, or something to at least work towards. I mean, there's no perfection still, but it's just like increasing your knowledge and like being aware of what you're eating and i don't want people to get hung up on like the price of things either because like those cheap oils are or the bad oils are cheap yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but the damage you're doing and if you think of the long-term expense of health problems or health insurance and things like that or even just quality of life later on like it's worth a couple extra dollars for some duck fat or some grass-fed butter like just yeah. just don't I'm... don't skimp on food honestly it tastes better uh, you, you'll spend more time like cooking and and that's always great to you know like spend that time with people uh, you know talking to them and like doing something like more traditional I guess you know I feel like a lot of people don't spend the time cooking and you know when you're aware of what you're eating and and actually striving to buy and eat better things I think you're like more proud of the things that you cook and like it changes the way uh, or like the culture around eating around cooking yeah i think maybe we need to make another podcast about this later on but just like the the whole idea of cooking has really changed or like the concept of cooking like people just don't do it anymore like it's not something they learn to do or like to do or yeah but it's like oh that's taking apart or taking away this like really great way to like share this like health and love with other people and like yeah and it seems the like lost art. and cooking is something else that's like small steps and before you know it, it it just feels normal to like be cooking your dinner it's just not i mean it, feel, it would feel weirder to go get it or to like order out from somewhere after you've been doing it a little while but yeah i think that that could be something interesting to talk about on future episodes and like going out to eat is no longer even a, a treat because if you know that yeah if you know the quality is so terrible it's like well why would i spend more money more. on something that is bad for me when I know I could make it better myself and it's good for me and I can personalize yeah, the, it exactly the way I want it. The, the unfortunate thing about all this nutritional awareness is that most restaurants, I'm going to hesitate to say like almost all, are pretty much off the list. They, they, they really can't, they cannot cater to this sort of uh, lifestyle unless they have that kind of health-minded focus like right from the beginning to keep things sourced correctly and, um, you know, cooked with the right oils and uh right so get used that. to cooking start start doing it yeah. just try it i mean like i think people are scared of it or are, are afraid to even like attempt something but like yeah just cook it and i mean you'll want to get better because if you cook bad food and you have to eat it obviously you're going to want to do better the next time 
Um, so, you know, just figure out what you did. And that's part of it too. Like, don't, I mean, just try stuff. Like some things may not go perfectly, but some things will be really great. And so we're actually like on, on our website, we're getting a pretty solid recipe section going. So if you ever want to look up any nutrient dense, good for you, tested, delicious recipes, right? that would be where you should go. So if you would just go to a serving of wisdom.com and click on the recipes link, there's a good dozen on there already, and they're just going to keep adding more each week. So that will be kind of your go-to place to find some good recipes. Yeah, definitely. Our, uh, and speaking about or speaking of good recipes, the recipe of the episode today is uh, definitely one of the favorites that we found on the list. A little bit uh, time-consuming. I mean, kind of definitely echoes back to what I was just saying with spending time on what you eat, being proud of it because uh, this meal is uh, really tasty. Yeah, but it's worth it. It's worth the time and it's like, just make it fun. Like don't look, change your perspective on it. Like and don't think of it as like this chore. Think of it as like, I get to spend a couple hours so like actually of, experiencing the food I'm eating. Right, yeah, you get to prepare it. And, and one of those fair foods or one of those bad foods that kind of gets crossed off the list with the things that we're talking about are euros with the uh, tasty lamb and carb-filled uh, pita and tzatziki sauce and probably improperly sourced lettuce and tomato. Right, sprayed with chemicals. You know, just those awful tasty euros that you love to love. (laughs) Uh, We found a um, pretty amazing recipe to make the euro meat itself and combined it with the cheese dough that we've been um, uh, speaking about for a while now. Uh, This recipe is already online. Um, But this euro meat and homemade tzatziki sauce is uh, absolutely perfect. I think it really recreates the the euro the euro vibe. Yeah, and it's very healthy for you too. And like lamb meat is a meat that people don't probably typically eat. At least I I never had had it before. I put it into my repertoire normally, so it's good yeah. to get some variety too. And so the way you make this is you have a pound of lamb meat, ground lamb meat, and of course well sourced everything that we always talk about. Some bacon onion, garlic, and oregano, and you put it in a food processor. And you basically process it till it's like this meat goo, which sounds terrible. Right, but we're making a meatloaf, essentially. Yeah, so it's like this, this, yeah, then you pat it out onto a baking sheet in like a rectangle. So you've got this lamb meatloaf, basically, that you bake in the oven until it's a certain temperature. We'll give you more details on the recipe online. And then you slice it thin, and you lay it out flat, and you broil it so it gets kind of crispy. And it is just a delicious, like, savory, juicy meat. And then you put it on. You could either do, like, a a sourdough pita if you'd like, if you're not into the cheese dough, or else the cheese dough is a really delicious way to eat this. You just make make them into flat um, pita-shaped breads. And then you put this, the gyro meat on it. You add uh, well-sourced organic non-chemical <laughs> tomatoes and onions or yeah. and lettuce oh and then tzatziki sauce so the way you make that is you it's cucumbers and the trick is to salt them and let them set a little bit first and squeeze them out to get all the juice out so you get this nice not runny sauce and you mix it with yogurt and a little bit of lemon and dill and it's this just like really creamy refreshing sauce on it and it's, yeah and i yeah, mean it's delicious. It- even having this like not on a pita or just eating with a salad or something would be uh, really tasty, I feel like. Or this meat would work for like breakfast meats and stuff. If you made a bunch right. of it up, you could just cook a few pieces. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to eat it as a as eat it a with an egg pita. Or something. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. It's just uh, it's really it's a, another really versatile way to cook um, a very healthy meal. Uh, so look for that on the website. Um, I think that kind of wraps up episode four 
uh, as always, uh, you know, we'd love to answer questions or, you know, help you find um, resources, you know, as far as if you're dealing with different health issues, but you want to eat healthy or if you have a certain meal that you'd like to have, but um, you want to eat healthy, you know, we'd love to do some of that legwork and interact with listeners. So uh, you can reach out to us at a serving of wisdom at gmail.com. Um, and uh, like Adelie mentioned, our website with uh, links to the podcast and the recipes is a serving of wisdom.com. Um, the podcasts are still hosted on SoundCloud. But hopefully after this one, we'll be on iTunes. So, so check yeah. us out on iTunes. We'll, we'll be on iTunes shortly. Definitely leave a positive review there. and uh, Subscribe, and su- tell your friends, subscribe everything. Subscribe and rate, yes. So we'd like to uh, generate generate a little bit of an audience here and um, you know figure out what other people are interested in learning about and kind of further explore, um, you know, not just nutritional awareness, but, you know, everything... Um, related to living a wise life, right? We're going to, servings of wisdom will come in all the flavors. (laughs) Uh, So I think that about sums it up. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye.